0: James chapter number 1, James chapter number 1, and the title of the message tonight is The Guide to Gratitude, The Guide to Gratitude, James chapter 1, and verse number 17, just one verse tonight, Um, of course we'll look at a few others as we go through this, but uh, we're going to use James chapter 1 here in verse 17 as really our guide to uh, gratitude. Verse number 17 says this, every good gift... And every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And could we pray together? Lord, we thank you for um, the service uh, tonight. Thank you for the wonderful testimonies. And Lord, certainly all of us really could stand and share so many things that we're we're grateful for. And uh, Lord, we... Uh, I pray, Lord, as a result of this time together, um, you would help it, that that list to grow. And, uh, Lord, for us to determine to be uh, thankful people, not just um, at this time of year, but throughout uh, the year, throughout our life. And, uh, Lord, I pray that um, you would just uh, guide and direct during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, uh, men uh, are notorious for thinking that they don't need to follow the instructions. Um, just a couple weeks ago, um, it was that Wednesday night uh, that we didn't have church. Uh, just a couple weeks ago when we moved our midweek service from Wednesday to Friday for our missions conference, I uh, thought, okay, we're going to get to enjoy that, uh, that that Wednesday night. Well, not so much. What ended up happening was my, uh, my son, uh, Luke, he was driving and um, his car broke down. And uh, he pulled over into a parking lot of a, um, a Walgreens in Oklahoma City and and uh, called me and let me know that. So um, my wife was there, she took a picture. She said, I think I kind of know what it is. It needs a new rotor. And I was like, I've changed rotors before, so I should be good to go. So I grabbed my tools and uh, went over to the car and uh, thought I've taken brakes off of Um, You know, I've changed brakes before, I've changed rotors before, I kind of know what I'm doing here. And so, I went to go do it. Well, I've never done it on a Mazda. And uh, so I thought, I don't really need, you know, I've got it all up here. It's all up here. I already know what I'm doing. And well, uh, long story short. Um, I hate to admit it, I'm going to lose my man card on this, but I had to consult YouTube <laughs> on, on how to change this rotor and how to get these things off because I wasn't used to the, um, the, the way the calipers come off. I, I was used to a, a bolt that you can get a, a wrench around, but this, you needed an Allen wrench to get out, and I didn't realize that and had to, had to YouTube it. <laughs> so I know, I know, I'm disappointed in myself too and uh I, and in that process, I don't know if you could see that, but I, I had a big I had a big boo-boo that that took place from that too um, but but here's the deal uh you know whether whether you think you you know everything there is to know about giving thanks and and, and gratitude, uh, God's word, of course, is the ultimate guide for life, uh, but also when it comes to gratitude in this area of the Christian life now uh one of the things that uh, Paul said would mark the last days, the perilous times, would come, and one of the characteristics of those last days, according to Second uh, Timothy uh, chapter number three, I'm just going to turn over there very quickly. In um, let's see here, in verse number um, uh, two, it says, "Men shall be lovers of their own selves. They're going to be covetous. They're going to be boasters. They're going to be proud. They're going to be blasphemers, disobedient to parents." And then they're going to be unthankful. And So one of the marks of these perilous times that we all bemoan that we're in and recognize that we're here, uh, one of the characteristics is the fact that people would be unthankful. And uh, you know, as Christians, we have zero excuse for being unthankful. Um, We have so very much to be thankful for, regardless of your bank account size, regardless of how Large your home is, how new your vehicles are, or how nice your clothes are. We have so very much to be thankful for. And and uh, using uh, this little verse here, James one seventeen, I want to consider here the uh, guide to gratitude. Um, and uh, again, I don't want us to think, oh, I don't, I already know everything there is to know about this. Uh, don't be like me when coming to that the changing of the rotor, and, and really, I, I I couldn't do it by myself. I had to, I had to uh, phone a friend, and I'm so thankful for Brother Luno and and his wife giving their Wednesday night to come and help us out, and I, I so appreciate them. They're a blessing and a half, as you all know. Uh, but here we go. Let's go consider here how can we? Uh, what is the guide here to gratitude according to uh, James chapter one, verse number seventeen? First. If we're going to be good at giving gratitude, we need to count your gifts, you need to count your gifts. Now, there was a, a, a man by the name of Johnson Oatman Jr., now he has a good first name, uh, which happens to be my last name, uh, but he was born in uh, April of 1856, and he was uh, raised there in New Jersey, and his dad was a local merchant and, and, and just happened to be the very best singer in that town. Um, And he had a rich, powerful voice, his dad did. Well, young Johnson could not sing as well as his father. Yet he grew up wanting to make some musical contributions of his own. And for a time, he worked in the family business, but soon gave up those opportunities and began to study for the ministry. Well, after finishing school and ministering in in, in churches for a time, Johnson continued to hope that his life uh, held some other plans for him. And at 36 years old, he realized that he did, without question, have a musical talent after all. You see, he could write songs for other Christians to sing. So every year, some 200 songs flowed from his pen. He eventually had written 5,000 songs and was happy that in his musical compositions, he had found a way to preach the gospel. And uh, young Johnson Oatman, um, incidentally, um, I found out in reading through his story, he actually passed away in Norman, Oklahoma, uh, not far from here. Well, one of the songs that he wrote was a song that we sung a little while ago in the service. This, the lyrics of the song goes like this, When the upon life billows, you are tempted tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking All is lost. Count your many blessings. Every doubt will fly, and you will be singing as the days go by in the chorus. We all know it. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God has done. And uh, I'm so thankful for the blessings that God's given us here. And and according to uh, James one seventeen, here we are to uh, take time to count the gifts that God has given to us. Um, We're encouraged that uh, in the Scriptures that there are so many blessings that God has given to us and and the things that God has done. Psalm 104, 104 in verse 24, the psalmist said, O Lord, how manifold are thy works! In wisdom thou hast made them all, the earth is full of thy riches. How manifold are thy works, he said. Job 5, in verse number 9, Talking about God, it says, Which doeth great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number. So we are encouraged to count them, but if you really start counting them, guess what? You're never going to come to the end of it. No one can count that high. They're, they're, they're without number. Job 9, verse number 10, continues this thought. He said, which doeth great things, past finding out, yea, in wonders without number. So you say, well, I can count really high. You, you can't count this high. Psalm 40, in verse number 5, here's another uh, reference for you. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. So there are so many, and yet here in verse number 17, we're reminded to consider the gifts and to count them. He says, every good gift and every perfect gift. Let's take a moment and consider these here. First, there are positive gifts. Verse number 17, he starts with every good gift. Every positive gift. I would say that these are the material blessings that God gives us. God gives us. Our family, many of you mentioned that in the testimony tonight. I think all of us probably would testify that we're thankful for our family. I am very thankful for my spouse that God gave me over 22 years ago, and she is precious. And uh, honey, I hope you're watching online. Uh, I appreciate her and her love for me, her love for our children, her love for others, her love for this church family. I love to serve the Lord. I'm, I'm thankful for the blessing of my spouse and the fact that she puts up with me. I mean, that's a miracle right there. That's an act of God. And uh, I'm thankful for her. I'm thankful for our children, all four of them, especially the one that's here tonight because he's good. He's a good kid. He comes to church. Uh, the rest of them are uh, rebellious and not in church tonight. No, they're they they're in Branson already. They 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 were our my, our advanced team. But I'm thankful for all of our children. Thankful for okay um, my the home that we get to live in, and I'm thankful for a roof over our head and, and the fact that there's still a roof over our head here in Oklahoma. And that's not always a given. <laughs> um, I'm thankful for uh, the health that God's given to us. And and I'm struggling a little bit tonight. You may have noticed that, um, but. By and large, uh, God has given me great health. And you say, well, God's, uh, I'm not super healthy right now. I'm dealing with a lot of health issues. Yeah, you, it could always be worse. And so, you know, be thankful for some of the things that you do have. I mean, you were able to get here tonight, and that's, that's a real remarkable thing. Uh, there's a lot of people who couldn't get here tonight who are uh, perhaps stuck in a hospital room at, at the moment. So, be thankful for your health, uh, your clothing. Again, you say, well, it's not name-brand stuff. It doesn't need to be. Um, God God has been good in giving us vehicles. God even gave me a motorcycle, and I'm thankful for that. Um, He's given us food. He's given us provision. And uh, several years ago, I was with my boys, and uh, they were they were really young. We were up in Northern California for Thanksgiving, and we went to a, uh, we walked over to a park, and uh, we played a little football. And then we were walking back to the house, and I said, "Hey, let's let's play a game. Let's let's go through the alphabet and think of things that we're thankful for that start with the different letters of the alphabet." So we started with A. You know, what are we thankful for? And Everybody thinks apples. <laughs> That's like the first thing that comes into everybody's mind. And I'm, I am thankful for Apple, the company, uh, the devices that we use, um, uh, as opposed to W Windows. Like seriously, who uses that? Um, anyway, I don't do Windows. I have a don't do Windows mentality. Uh, but you go through, and, and maybe that would be a good practice for you to do even this week as you meet together with your family and go through the alphabet and think of things that we are thankful for sincerely. And some you'll have to stretch, you know, why, what are you thankful for? Why, um, yo-yos? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I think it's a, it'd be a good encouraging time for the family to think about the things, the, the positive gifts that you have received. But then, not only does James highlight the good gifts, but he also mentions every perfect gift. So there are positive gifts, and then there are perfect gifts. And now, I'm indeed thankful for these positive gifts, these material blessings, the things that I do enjoy, but there are also perfect gifts. Ephesians 1 and verse number 3 tells us, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, in Christ. See, the thing is, you know, if I only focus on these good, positive gifts like my home, well, what if a tornado comes and takes it out? Because that is a real possibility here in Moore. And when I tell people, um, you know, even in Oklahoma, oh yeah, we live in Moore, they're like, oh really? Why would you live in more? Don't you know there's tornadoes there? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Um, but, hey, uh, God has me here, and, and you know, God's going to protect me, and I'm not, I'm not worried. Um, but if, if, if I, I find my joy only in these blessings, then what if, what if they are taken away? I mean, that happened to Job, didn't it? He, he, lost, uh, he lost his children. He lost his wealth. He, he lost all those positive gifts that he would want to find some joy in. And, and I'm not saying you, you can't enjoy these things, but, but here's the deal. If that's where our focus is, th- those things are perhaps even temporary. I mean, my motorcycle is not going to last forever. And my cars are not going to last forever. These clothes are not going to last forever. I'm going to probably outgrow them as time goes on. Hopefully not. Um, But there are perfect gifts that will stand the test of time and will never tarnish and will never fade away. These are the spiritual gifts that God gives His children for those who know Him. What are some of those perfect gifts Well, according to Ephesians uh, 1 and verse number 6, we have, and I'm not going to take the time to go through all these passages. I'm just going to read them. Um, I don't know if you're going to be able to write all these down, but uh, I just think that it's just good to hear how many there are, um, how many different spiritual blessings that are perfect, that um, will never fade over time, will uh, will never lose, they'll never get stolen. Here's what they are. We have an acceptance that can never be questioned. We are accepted in the beloved. There's nothing we can do to gain God's love or acceptance any more than we already have. We have an acceptance that can never be questioned. We have an inheritance that can never be lost. I mean, God's not going to write you out of His inheritance, the inheritance that belongs to us according to 1 Peter chapter 1. We have an inheritance that can never be lost. We have a deliverance that can never be excelled. We have a grace that can never be limited. We have a hope that can never be disappointed. We have a bounty that can never be withdrawn. We have a joy that need never be diminished. We have a nearness to God that can never be reversed. We have a peace that can never be disturbed. We have a righteousness that can never be tarnished. And praise the Lord, we have a salvation that can never be canceled. Look, God's given us some perfect gifts. And, and I, would ho- I would encourage all of us to, to find our, 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 the greater joy in those perfect gifts that will never change. Because those positive gifts, while we can enjoy them, they can change, can't they? And so uh, I want to just encourage us to count our gifts. One morning, R.C. Chapman, a devout Christian, was asked how he was feeling. And he said, I'm burdened this morning. But his happy countenance contradicted his words. He said, I'm burdened. And he had this big old honking grin on his face. So the questioner questioner examined or exclaimed in surprise, are you really burdened, Mr. Chapman? Yes, but it's a wonderful burden. It's an overabundance of blessings for which I cannot find enough time or words to express my gratitude. Seeing the puzzled look on the face of his friend, Chapman added with a smile. You see, what I'm referring to is Psalm 68 and verse number 19. Go and turn over there real quick. Psalm 68 and verse number 19. Just show you this verse. Psalm 68 and verse number 19. Let me get over there. He says, blessed be the Lord who daily, what's that next word? loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Selah. So he says, I'm referring to Psalm 68, 19, which fully describes my condition, and that the, in that verse the Father in heaven reminds us that he daily loadeth us with benefits. So every one of us as believers, God does burn us down. But not with blisters, but instead with benefits and blessings. Now, are there trials and difficulties that come into our life? Yes. But he daily loadeth us with benefits. Don't ever forget that. Helen Keller. Most of us know who Helen Keller was. She was blind, um, among other uh, physical ailments. And here's what she had to say. So much has been given to me that I have no time to ponder that which I don't have. See, here was a a lady who decided that she was going to count her gifts. She was going to count her blessings rather than her blisters, and she had some blisters. But the blessings far outweighed the blisters, and she chose to focus on those and to count them, and that caused her to give her thanks. So, first, we are to count our gifts. Secondly, we are to consider the giver. Consider the giver. In verse number um, 17, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Some people, uh, there's unsaved people all over this world who are grateful, and many in America who are going to be grateful this Thanksgiving. They're grateful, but they don't really know where to express that gratitude. Some would say, well, I'm going to thank my lucky stars, thank Mother Earth, thank the Force. I'm not sure where they're, where they're giving thanks, they're, but they're thankful, right? Um, but here we are, learn who the giver of these gifts are. Um, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And again, well, you say, well, that's the, my lucky stars. no. Here, the clarification is later on, cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. A couple aspects here about the giver. First, we know that God is the source. God is the source. Amen. And so, therefore, He deserves our thanks. Again, not just being thankful, but giving thanks to God for giving us these gifts. And uh, again when you consider all the things that you have in your life and, and you know many, many people will say well wait a minute you know all these things my house my clothes my vehicles all these things I worked for them I was the one who earned them why should I give him thanks for it I was the one who uh, you know w- did the daily grind and, and you know got up early and, and stayed late and, and, and earned all that money so that I can gain all these things well Deuteronomy chapter number 8 gives us a reminder. Deuteronomy 8 17 says, Thou shalt say in thine heart, My power and the might of my hand hath gotten me this wealth. So the Lord kind of saw this coming. And that, that people would start to look to themselves and say, Well, hey, the reason that I have all these things is because of how hard I worked. And because of my might and the, the power of my hand. The next verse says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he sware unto thy fathers as it is this day. So, yes, you worked for it, but guess who gave you the brains and the physical ability to do all of that? It was him. He is the source. He is the source, and we better not forget that he's the source. We start looking to ourselves and patting ourselves on the back and saying, look at the great job I did. No, look at the great job He did. He's the source. But then, notice here at the end of this verse, verse 17, uh, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights. He is the source. But then I want us to say, secondly here, God stays the same. He is the source, but He also stays the same. Uh, verse 17 tells us, he, there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I remember when I, my first day in algebra class. So I was in advanced math in eighth grade, and there was so many people in that class that they took the ones who were doing pretty well in that class after like two weeks, and then they moved them to algebra class. And... And in the advanced class, we were dealing with all numbers. The very first day of algebra, I get in there. The teacher writes, X equals 3. I'm like, I thought this was math class. Why are we putting letters on the board? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, later I would learn, and most of us now know, right, that... In algebra, there are the variables, and those things can vary uh, depending on the other numbers. That's just a place marker. Well, with God, there's no variableness. There's no changing. There's neither shadow of turning. He stays the same. And this is found throughout the Scriptures as well. Malachi 3 and verse 6, For I am the Lord, and I change not. So the same God that created the heaven and the earth with his spoken word in six literal days is the same God that we serve today. He hasn't changed. Hebrews 13 and verse 8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. Psalm 102 verse 27, but thou art the same and thy years shall have no end. And Douglas C. Douglas, or Lloyd C. Douglas, the author of The Robe and other novels, was a university student. He lived in a boarding house. Well, downstairs on the first floor was an elderly retired music teacher who was uh, sick and unable to leave the apartment. Douglas said that every morning they had a ritual that they would go through together. He would come down the steps, open the old man's door, and ask, Well, what's the good news? The old man would every time pick up his tuning fork, tap it on the side of his wheelchair, and say, that's middle C. It was middle C yesterday. It will be middle C tomorrow. It will be middle C a thousand years from now. And he said, the old man continued, the tenor that lives upstairs sings flat. The piano across the hall is out of tune, but my friend, that C, that is middle C, and it's never changing. The old man had discovered one thing upon which he could depend, one constant reality in his life, one still point in a turning world. So for the Christians, though, the one still point in a turning world, the one absolute of which there is no shadow of turning is the Lord Jesus Christ and God. That stays the same. There's no turning. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There's no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, or they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. So he stays the same. Okay, so we've seen that we should count our gifts. Consider the giver. What response then should we have? I believe the Scriptures teach us that we should, thirdly, continue in gratitude. Since God is the same, and since He never changes... And since he is the source of all that good that all that that is good that comes into our life, the 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 material blessings that we enjoy on a daily basis, but also the perfect gifts, the spiritual things that never change. What should our response be? We can and should continue to give thanks. Paul instructed the believers in Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians 5:16, rejoice when you feel like it. There's two words in that verse in the English language. Rejoice evermore. In other words, when you feel like it and when you don't. Why? Because you're giving thanks not based on your circumstances that change, but based on God who doesn't change. Paul wrote to the church at Philippi to rejoice in the Lord always. And then just in case you didn't get it the first time, he goes and says, and again I say rejoice. So we are are to give thanks and rejoice regardless of the situation we're in because God is the same, He never changes, and He is a source of all that is good that comes into our life. Colossians 4 and verse 2 says, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. We're to continue in thanksgiving. Daniel, as I mentioned on Sunday, as he was facing the lion's den, facing terrible circumstances, and knew about it, and what did he do? He still gave thanks, and the Bible puts those little words at the end of that verse that we considered on, on Sunday, as he did aforetime. In other words, this was something that he continued on when things were going well, And when things were not, he just simply continued in gratitude because, again, he wasn't just like, well, God, I'm so thankful for my wonderful political position and the fact that I have so much power and that, you know, I'm doing well financially. But you know what? He was able to still give thanks when all of that was about to go bye-bye because he knew it was about to disappear in a moment, and it did. He was going into the lion's den. No more wealth, no more fame, no more fortune, no more power, no more influence. Now he just gets to hang out with lions for a night. That was his reward for continuing gratitude. But he did it anyway. So having gratitude for the gifts and giving thanks. uh, But more than that, we are to express that gratitude. I was thinking about this. One day during the earthly ministry of our Lord, Jesus, ten men met him with leprosy. Remember that? He miraculously healed all ten of them. In that story, do you remember how many were thankful they were healed? This is kind of a trick question. Out of the ten, how many that were healed were thankful? I would say probably all ten. They were all thankful that, hey, I, don't, I can hang out with my family again. I can, I can get back to a normal life finally. I mean, this is in the past. And, and they were thankful, I'm sure, but only one chose to give thanks. The Bible records it this way. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, we're not there ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Where are the nine? Be one of the one, not one of the nine. Don't just be thankful. Let's go that extra step and express that gratitude to our great God because He so deserves it, doesn't He? Hebrews 13, verse 15, By Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. So let's develop the godly habit habit of thanksgiving, not just thankfulness. Because again, Thursday is not called thankfulness day. It's called Thanksgiving Day. So let's not just be thankful, though we should, but let's take it to the next step to where we're giving thanks and expressing it to our God and even to others in our lives that we are thankful for. I... uh, Some of you know that we're praying for uh, my Aunt Joyce in California. I'll just share this, and we'll wrap it up. And uh, when uh, I was a teenager, and I've shared this story, for those who've been here for a while, you may have heard this, but um, when I was a teenager, my friend and I, we went to their house. They live live in Whittier, California, and they have a nice home overlooking. I mean, it's a three-story home, and it has a tremendous view of the uh, of Los Angeles, really. I mean, it's, it's pretty spectacular. And they invited us to come for the weekend, and we did. We went down there, and we played golf, and they bought us pizza, and bought us ice cream, and, you know, we played games, and we just had an outstanding time. And he, had, uh, he, had air, he has air guns, uh, air rifles that he was able to shoot in, in the backyard. I don't know if you can still do that in California now, but you could back then. And uh, we enjoyed just all of it. And we went home, and it was a good time. And the next time uh, we were visiting with them, I think maybe he came up to where we were living, and he was like, hey, did you guys enjoy that time? And we said, oh, yeah, it was great. We got to do all these things. It was awesome. We enjoyed it. We enjoyed it. We enjoyed it. And he said, you know, um, how come you didn't send us a thank you note? I mean, I wanted to, like, disappear, you know? I'm like, get me out of here. Like, this is embarrassing. He said, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that to have you write us a thank you note now. It's not because we need the thank you note. Because I want to teach you the importance of giving and expressing thanks. When someone does something nice for you, you should take that time to express that gratitude. Now, it doesn't always have to be in a thank you note. You can send a text you can tell them personally sincerely but but when it comes to God I hope God's not looking down at me going Eric you thankful for all the blessings oh yeah thank you for my family and all these things and salvation and all of it and all of it how come you haven't told me lately how come you haven't expressed that real recently So, just an uh, encouragement for us tonight as we consider the guide to gratitude. Uh, What will help us to give thanks? Well, when we take time to count our gifts, when we consider the giver, and may that help us to continue in gratitude. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to gather together tonight and look at these thoughts. Help us, Lord, to uh, take heed to them. Help us, Lord, to not be guilty of not expressing that gratitude to you. God, I pray you'd uh, help us all have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, But I pray, Lord, we would grow in this department of being not just thankful and grateful, but giving that thanks and expressing it. And I ask that, Lord, um, you would just keep us all safe this week. And help us to live for you and to glorify you in all that we say and do. In Jesus' name, amen.